as we go to the scriptures, we're going to be in the book of Genesis. Book of Genesis, the 39th chapter. Uh, we'll begin at the 7th verse, and uh, I'll give you my subject shortly after we read the verses. But in Genesis 39, beginning verse 7, reading from the New King James Version. And it said, And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph. And she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, my master does not know what is with me in the house. And he has committed all that he has to my hand. There's no one greater in this house than I. Nor has he kept back anything from me but you. Because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And so it was, as she spoke to Joseph day by day, that he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. But it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the house was inside, that she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. And so it was when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and fled outside that she called to the men of her house and spoke to them saying, See, he has brought in to us a Hebrew to mock us. He came in to me to lie with me and I cried out with a loud voice. And it happened when he heard that I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled and went outside. So she kept his garment with her until his master came home. Then she spoke with him with words like these, saying, the Hebrew servant whom you brought to us came into me to mock me. And so it happened as I lifted up my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled outside. And so it was when his master heard the words which his wife spoke to him, saying, your servant did to me after this manner that his anger was aroused. Then Joseph's master took him and put him into prison a place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. And God gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prisons. And the keeper of the prisons committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything and that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Amen. May God add a blessing to the hearing and the reading of his word on today. And from this passage of scripture, amen, one of the uh, one of my favorite characters in the Old Testament especially in the book of Genesis, amen, we're going to talk about, amen, the life of Joseph. And the subject that we would like to talk from on today, amen, is the power, I want you to say that with me, the power, the power. Of, a of a faithful life, amen. That's what we'd like to talk about today, the power of a faithful life. And, uh, as I said, amen, to our young people, if you'll, amen, bear with me, if you'll listen to me, amen, I believe I'm going to share some things today that can make an impact on your life. The power of a faithful life. Yeah. Now, as an introduction, uh, 
There was a young man who applied for a job on a farm as a farmhand. And when the farmer asked his qualifications, the young man said, I can sleep when the wind blows. Now, when he said this to the farmer, that seemed kind of odd. But he liked the young man. And so he hired him. And a few days later, the farmer and his wife were awakened in the night by a violent storm. They quickly began to rise and began to check things out to make sure if everything was secure. They found the shutters to the farmhouse had been securely fastened. A good supply of logs had been set next to the fireplace. The young man was sound asleep. And the farmer and his wife began to inspect their property. They found that the farm tools had been placed in the storage shed, safe from the elements. The tractor had been moved into the garage. The barn was properly locked, and even the animals were calm, and all were well. It was then that the farmer understood the meaning of the young man's words when he said, I can sleep when the wind blows. Because the farmhand had did his work loyally and faithfully uh, when the skies were clear. He was prepared for the storm when it broke. And so when the winds blew, he was not afraid. He could sleep in peace. And when I think about the story of the uh, young farmhand who said, uh, I can sleep when the wind blows. The story of the young farmhand illustrates a principle that I think we would all do well to learn. You see, there is nothing dramatic or sensational in the young farmhand's uh, preparations. He just faithfully did what was needed each day. I want to say that again. He faithfully did what was needed to be done each day. And consequently, he had peace, even in a storm. And uh, there's a short poem that uh, expresses that same principle, but in a slightly different way, that I'll share with you on today. And you'll notice, amen, as I have it on the screen there, amen, that poem said, it isn't the things you do. It's the things that you leave under, which gives you a bit of edit at the setting of the sun. I want to talk, amen, about the power of a faithful life. Amen. The power of a faithful life. And this is something that uh, I believe will enable us, amen, to be able to rest peacefully. Amen. Even in the midst of storms. And when we look at the scripture text in Genesis 39. Amen. In Genesis 39, beginning at the 7th verse, we are talking about uh, the life of Joseph, one of the sons of Jacob. Amen. A young man who uh, God uh, had his hand upon his life at a young age. Yes. And that's something that I believe. I believe God can use anybody. Yeah. And that you are never too young to be used by God. Yeah. When the sun set each day on Joseph's life, uh, he could rest easy because he had been faithful. When he was at home with his father, Jacob, he had been a faithful son. Amen. When he had minded his father's flocks, he had been a faithful worker. Uh, when he uh, was told, uh, uh, rather, uh, with the jealousy that his brothers had. Now, uh, one thing that got Joseph into trouble was that uh, his father, because Joseph was the son of, 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 of the wife he loved, and that's a story that I don't want to really get into right now. But uh, his father made a difference in how he treated Joseph versus how he treated uh, his other children. And that's something that, amen, all of our children are special. Oh, yeah. But as parents, we've got to be careful 
uh, that we do not show favoritism. And uh, Jacob made the mistake, and so uh, the uh, the sons, his other sons, were jealous of Joseph and the treatment that he received, and. Uh, they plotted to do him harm and ended up amen, putting him in a dry cistern and uh, were plotting and talking about what they were going to do to him. And finally, uh, they came up on a plan that they were going to sell their brother into slavery. Yeah. And so, amen, as some traders came by, uh, they sold him uh, to some Ishmaelite traders who eventually sold him uh, to be a slave in a house of Potiphar in Egypt. And when he was sold to Potiphar, he proved to be a faithful servant there. I want you to stop and think about it. Amen. He just, in any circumstance that he was in, he, he learned to be himself. And so when he had been sold to Potiphar as a slave, he proved to be a faithful servant. And because he had been faithful, the scripture said the Lord blessed him in everything that he did. And in the passage that we uh, have read today, uh, I, I believe that if we would take a closer look, we can see that the, faithful, the, the faithfulness of Joseph, very clearly, that he remained faithful to God and to himself in the face of some problems that would cause many others to fall. There's a word here for our lives today. As we pass through many situations that will arise that will have the potential uh, to throw us off course. You see, the world, the flesh, and the devil will all conspire to get us to quit on God. They will do everything in their power to cause us to drop out or to fall short of our potential. And when I, man, I'm thinking about some of our young people today, you know, many of you are about to make a transition from total dependence on your parents to partial or total independence. Up to now, you've been sheltered, you've been protected, you've been cared for. And it has been relatively easy for you to maintain your relationship with God. Some of y'all say that's easy for you to say. But because you've lived, you've lived in that bubble of protection that was provided by your parents. But soon, that bubble is going to dissolve. And you're going to bear the full responsibility for every action and for every decision in your life. I believe that Joseph's life demonstrates some lessons that can help each of us achieve a continual walk of victory with the Lord as you move, amen, into this transitional period of your life. And uh, I believe that, uh, you know, I believe that God wants us to be faithful. He wants us to stay the course. Amen. He wants us to run the race for his glory. Amen. Until he calls us home for our reward. Joseph teaches us how to be faithful in spite of what we face in life. And that's what I want to talk about again. The power of a faithful life. The power of a faithful life. And uh, faithful in spite of temptations. Faithful in spite of temptation. See, life's not simple. Life's not easy. Amen. Joseph was a, was a good-looking young man, evidently. Amen. He caught Potiphar's wife's eyes. And uh, as Joseph served faithfully, uh, you know, uh, that just, uh, well, I'm not going to make excuses for it, but there's something about when a man uh, uh, is able to work and is doing what he's called and gifted to do. And uh, as Joseph served in Potiphar's house, he caught the eye of Potiphar's wife. She began to flirt with him. 
And after a short time, she became downright brazen in her approach and asked Joseph to lie with her. But he refused her advances. But she persisted. I don't know if you saw in the scripture. It said she, she daily, amen, she pursued him. And then on a certain day when she was alone with Joseph uh, in the house and none of the other servants was there, uh, she grabbed him by his garment and said, lie with me. And Joseph knew he was in trouble. Yeah. And uh, Joseph knew that uh, the best thing for him to do was to, was to flee. And so when Joseph left, he left in a hurry. Joseph left his garment in her hand and ran away. And uh, in this uh, trial by fire, Joseph remained absolutely faithful to the Lord. Now, I'm talking about being faithful in spite of temptations. And uh, there are several features to this temptation uh, that would have been attractive to any young man. And I'd like to talk about them a little bit today. Uh, number one, uh, when we talk about faithful in spite of temptations, it was a temptation to fulfill a natural and legitimate need. The offer of Potiphar's wife, what she was offering, she wasn't just saying, you know, come take a nap with me. Potiphar's wife was offering him sex, pure and simple. And the, when, when I talk about that this temptation uh, that was directed at Joseph, it was a temptation to feel a natural and legitimate need. You see, God made us as sexual creatures. Many people believe they have the right to satisfy their sexual desires in any fashion that they choose. But I'm here to tell you, God has a different opinion. Any sexual expression that takes place outside of the boundaries of the marriage relationship is either fornication or it's adultery. Either one is a, is a sin against God. And uh, not only is it a sin against God, amen, against your spouse or your future spouse, but it's also a sin against yourself. Uh, it's interesting that, uh, and, 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 and uh, sexual sins are not the only ones, but uh, it is in the category of sin where uh, we sin against our own body. First Corinthians 6, verses 18 through 20, uh, talks about that. Now, Joseph's response to Potiphar's wife was the response that we all should adopt when it comes to dealing with sexual sins. The Bible tells us in Second uh, Timothy, I think it is 2 and 22, it said, young, uh, it talks to the young, especially. But it's not just geared to the young. It said, flee fornication. That word flee, uh, it, 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 it means don't tarry, don't play with it, don't mess around. Amen. Get out of that. Said there's several features to the temptation that, amen, were especially attractive to a young man. Joseph was a long way from home and in a strange land. And, uh, you know, there's some people that uh, they act honorably while they're at home, but when they get away from home, when they get into a strange land, some people have adopted the motto, when in Rome, do as the Romans. And there are a lot of people that live like that. A salesman will do things on the road that he will not do at home. A young person will do things at a party that they will not do at home. Joseph did not care where he was. He was determined to do the right thing. And, you know, uh, I've seen some things happen when young people get away from home yeah. and uh, go off to college. And uh, uh, a lot of times they, again, adopt that when they're wrong, do it's the wrongs. But, uh, Notice 
we're talking about the power of a faithful life. Uh, he refused to violate the trust of his master. Now here he was, he wasn't born a slave, but he was sold into slavery unjustly by his brothers. And now they're telling him he's somebody else's property. And yet he continues to work faithfully wherever he is. And to be faithful uh, to a man who has purchased him. And you stop and think about it. You know, uh, he's in a situation that he, you know, didn't ask for, didn't want. He's in a in a place that he didn't ask to be. And if you get the opportunity, I'm trying to think of a way to say it and not sound crude, but if you get the opportunity to get back at somebody that you feel like is getting over on you, a lot of us in our carnal natures would say, I'm going to take advantage of this situation. But Joseph refused to violate the trust of his master yes. and of his God. His family would never know about it. Potiphar might not have never known. But Joseph knew that the God he served in heaven would know. And that, and that knowledge was good, or that knowledge was enough to keep him pure. I probably, amen, uh, believe, I, I do believe that probably uh, Potiphar's wife was a beautiful woman. The Egyptian women were renowned in that day for their physical beauty. Surely she would have appealed uh, to the uh, male Joseph. But nowhere in the text does it say that uh, he was repulsed by her appearance. Nowhere does it suggest that she was an unattractive woman. Nowhere does it suggest, but uh, what, 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 what it does is that he had given, uh, had he given in to her advances, there could be, amen, little doubt that he would have been uh, an enjoyable experience. But Joseph was interested more in simply gratifying his flesh. He was determined to be faithful to God, regardless of the personal cost. It was a decision he made long before he arrived in Egypt. It was a decision that he was determined to stand by. You see, uh, there's some things that you've got to make up in your mind. There's some, there's some quality decisions that you've got to make up in your mind before you get in the hot box. Anybody listening to me today? There's some decisions that need to be made ahead of time. Joseph had some convictions that uh, he had to draw, uh, that he had to draw boundaries for himself. And we need to do the same thing. When times of temptation come our way, there is uh, uh, that there is no choice in the matter that we have already decided what we will and what we will not do. Talk about the power of a faithful life. This temptation came on the heels of a big promotion. You know, a lot of people would have assumed that they'd arrive if they were in Joseph's position. After all, Joseph had the mightiest touch. He had the favor of Potiphar. He was king of the roost of a big house. He did as he pleased. Some people might have concluded, I can do no wrong. I might as well, I might as well enjoy the fruits of my labor. But not Joseph. Do you know sometimes uh, the... Uh, See, I, I'm, I'm trying to see how I want to put this. Uh, do you not know that sometimes you are more most susceptible to temptations after a great victory? Yeah. Anybody listening to me? Yeah. 
Amen. You're, you're most acceptable to temptation after a great victory, after uh, uh, something special, a big promotion. Amen. Something uh, great has happened in your life. And when you enjoy your uh, flowers and, and, and so forth and so on, that's when you're most susceptible to temptation. Came on the heels of a, of a promotion. And it would do us well to remember that we are never more vulnerable to temptation than we have, when we have just enjoyed a great victory. When we've been part of a great uh, success. In those moments, temptation and failure are more real than ever. Yes. And then there also, we're talking about the, 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 the nature of the temptation. It came at a perfect time and an opportunity. Potiphar's wife called Joseph when there was no physical reason why they should not and could not commit adultery. The only thing that stopped them was Joseph's integrity. He stood his ground, determined to do what was right regardless of the cost. And we need to remember that our enemy is a master of setting things up. A lot of you operate, you just feel like, oh, I just go through life, you know, case sarah, sarah. Uh, you know, I'll just, you know, kind of float along like a bee. You got, you got to realize, amen, there are some traps that have been deliberately set yes. for you. Our enemy is a master of setting things up. He will put us in just the right place at just the right time, and he will make sin look so innocent and easy. He will make it seem like that we're fools if we refuse. But I would remind you that uh, all of Satan's apples have words. I would remind you that uh, the opportunities that he gives you to sin will lead to disappointment, disillusionment, discouragement, and possibly death. So let's look at a few things when it comes uh, to temptation. Let's make a statement or two about the matter of temptation. Amen. The first thing we need to understand, and I put it there so you can uh, be able to refer back to it, temptation is never from God. Some people are naive, naive enough to think this is a blessing. God doesn't give us blessings that go contrary to his word. Or is anybody listening to it? Oh, it's just what I wanted. He's just what I prayed for. I, 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 I asked God. Amen. God must have sinned. Amen. Temptations are never from God. And the nature of temptation is that temptations are always from within. It, you can't be tempted with something that you're not attracted to or that you haven't developed an appetite for. Uh, temptations are always, amen, they, 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 they originate from within. And then also, uh, we need to understand that there's always a way out of temptation. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, amen, is a scripture that, amen, we know. And uh, God will provide a way of escape. And if you will be God conscious enough and not caught up in the allure of the temptation, amen, you'll start looking for, okay, where's the way out? Because I know that there's a way out. Amen. And uh, just some advice. And, 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 and we all have to deal with temptation. Whether you're young or whether you're 
uh, not as young, or whether you're even seasoned. Temptation uh, in this life is a part of life. And, 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 and we've got to, uh, 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 you know, we've got to deal with it, amen. Uh, there are ways to deal with temptation. You've got to, number one, don't procrastinate. You've got to deal with it immediately. You've got to nip it in the bud. You've got to deal with it realistically. Get away from it at all costs. You've got to deal with it ruthlessly. Do whatever it takes to avoid it. And you've got to deal with it consistently. You've got to learn to be consistent in your resistance. Amen. You can't be, uh-uh. And then, he, he, he. The next day. Amen. You got to be consistent in uh, your resistance. Amen. You've got to deal with it confidently. Amen. We have the Lord's great promise in 1 Corinthians 10 13. Amen. God will make a way of escape just as sure as you look for it. And in that verse in uh, 1 Corinthians 10 13, uh, the word escape means egress or a way out. It was a word that the ancient Greeks used to refer to landing, a landing place for a ship. God will give us a way through the rough seas of temptation. Yes. And, and, and those temptations that we cannot escape, he will enable us to bear them. God's promise to us is that while temptations will come our way, he will enable us to land safely on the other side. Yeah. That's, the main, that's the main reason that Joseph was able to remain faithful in the day of, uh, in the day of temptation. He, because he saw sin for what it was. And he did not see it as a, moment, a few moments of pleasure. He did not see it as his right. He did not see it as even an option. Joseph saw sin as an affront to the Almighty God. And if we want to successfully, successfully navigate the troubled waters of temptation, we need to see sin for what it really is. Oh, yeah. Joseph, amen, saw it for what it was. A lot of times people like to change the name of stuff to make it be more acceptable. It's not a mistake. It was wickedness. It's not an affair. It's adultery. It's not an alternate lifestyle. It's an abomination. It's not a slip of the tongue. It's blasphemy. It's not an abortion. It's murder. Sin is a shame in any life, and especially in the life of a Christian. Joseph was faithful, amen, in temptations. Joseph was faithful in spite of the temptations. And I don't know about you, but uh, we ought to all want to finish well. Amen. We ought to all want to be able to say, as Paul said in 2 Timothy 4 and 7, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I have kept the faith. Hallelujah. Talking about the power of a faithful life. And uh, he was faithful in spite of trials. Amen. He was faithful in spite of trials. Uh, there's a saying, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. Potiphar's wife had been scorned. She had been rejected. And she set her trap. When Joseph runs and she's got his garment, his outer garment in her hand, the cloak that he wore, kind of like a, uh, a smock, or a smock, uh, 
She starts to scream. Other servants come running in to see what's going on. She tells them that Joseph tried to rape her. Now, she holds the garment and keeps hold of it till her husband comes home. And then she springs the trap. She blames Potiphar for the problem. If you hadn't brought this slave home, none of this would have happened. And look what you have allowed to happen in our house. Potiphar hears the accusations against Joseph and he becomes angry. You know, I've always wondered who he was really angry at. Was he mad at Joseph because he believed her story? Or was he mad at her because he knew the lust that was in her heart? Or was he mad at himself because he didn't have the courage to stand up to a domineering wife? Or was he mad because he was thinking of all the money that he was going to lose when he got rid of Joseph? I'm sure that Potiphar could see the inconsistencies in a story. For instance, why would Joseph have left incriminating uh, uh, evidence of his garment when he fled? Had Joseph proven himself to be a faithful servant who was above reproach year after year? And if Potiphar believed his wife, he allowed his anger to get in the way of him making a clear decision. And the other thing that I think about is that if Potiphar really believed what his wife said, Joseph would not have been put in prison. Joseph would have been dead. At any rate, uh, Joseph ends up in prison. And in Psalms 105 and 17, uh, it tells us something about possibly how Joseph felt when he uh, was put in prison. Uh, I want you to stop and think about, here you are, you, I, I, I don't know about you, but in, in, in my life growing up and, and, and when I was a lot younger, uh, you know, I wasn't a perfect kid. I don't think any of us were. And there were things that I did that deserved punishment, and I got punished for. And there were other times there were some things I did that deserved punishment, and I got away with it. And then there were some things that I got punished for that I didn't do. And I think I was mad when I got punished for things that I didn't do than when I got punished for things I did. I want you to listen to Psalms 105, verses 17 through 19. It says, he sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with feathers. He was laying in irons until the time that his word came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. In Psalms 105, 17 through 19, it tells us something about the pain that Joseph endured when he was first thrown in prison. Read that again. He sent a man before them. Do you know what that refers to? That refers to that what was happening to Joseph was in the plan of God. And that God, even though his brothers sold him into slavery, the, that God, he sent a man before them. God sent Joseph ahead to Egypt to prepare a way for Israel. He was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with feathers. And he was laid in irons until the time that his word came to pass. You see, God wants us to know that sometimes being faithful will hurt. And, and, and that screws us up a lot of times when we receive hurt for stuff we haven't done. And we're wondering, why is this happening to me? 
Why am I going through what I'm going through? Well, I, I, I would venture to say sometimes the things we go through are not for us, but it's for somebody else. Hallelujah. Amen. You're going through, but what you're going through is not for you. He sent you ahead. My God. He sent you ahead. He sent you before them. Until the time that his word came to pass. Hallelujah. Keep on being faithful. The power of a faithful life. Amen. Keep on being faithful. It might not look like it's producing what it should be producing, but there's going to come a time when that word that God has spoken over you yes. is going to come to pass. And it said the word of the Lord tested. Faithful in spite of the trials. You see, the devil brings the trials to discourage us. The devil brings the trials to try to get us to quit and to give up. Amen. But, 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 and if you put yourself in Joseph's shoes for a moment, amen, you've been faithful to your master. You've been successful. Uh, uh, you, you were successfully a boy and committed adultery with his wife, even though she practically threw herself at you every day. You've been falsely accused. What do you do? What do you do? Most of us would have launched into a loud and long defense. We would declare our innocence and we would have vowed to take revenge when the opportunity presented itself. But not Joseph. There is no record of him even opening his mouth. In fact, there's no record of him. Uh, and, 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 and this, uh, in, 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 in some instances, Joseph is comparable to Jesus in the Old Testament. And the other thing that I notice about Joseph is that when he got in power, he didn't try to pay people back for what they did to him. Or oh, is anybody listening to him? When he got in a position of power. See, some of us, we sit there, oh, wait till I get a chance. I'm getting you back. I'm paying you back. I'm, do you know what? Amen. When, when, when uh, the Bible says, vengeance is mine, says God. God does not need you to sit there and, and, and scheme on how you can pay somebody back. Say, so I'll repay. That's why his brothers were scared when they found out who he was when he was the prime minister in Egypt. And they thought that after their father died that he was going to turn on them. Potiphar, when Joseph got in power, the one who sent him to prison, you never read about him looking him up or even Potiphar's wife to try to get back at him. Vengeance is mine, yes. saith the Lord. The one thing we do read in Genesis 50, when his brothers came to him and concocted a story to try to protect himself, and it broke his heart, and what Joseph said is, you meant it for evil. Uh -huh. But God meant it for good. Yes. That he might save much people alive. Hallelujah. Talking about faithful in spite of trials. Amen. Some of you that you're holding on by three. And the enemy is unleashing everything he can to get you to let go. But I'm here to tell you, don't let go. Hold on. Hold on to your faith. The power of a faithful life. 
work together for the good to them who are called according to his purpose. Amen. You can trust him to do right by you. And uh, I got some other verses that you can look at when you have time. Psalms 37 and 23 is a good one. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4.17 is another good one. Jeremiah 29 and 11 is a good one. Romans 8 and 18 is another good one. Amen. God blessed Joseph and used him in his prison. Because Joseph remained faithful. I, 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 I'm closing, but I want, to, I, I want us to hear this. God blessed Joseph and used him in his prison because Joseph remained faithful. And if you and I will stand by the Lord and be the people that he called us to be, we can count on him using us as well. You see, I've seen God use people in the valley of depression. I've seen God use them. I've seen God use people who are in the grip of a terminal illness. And God still used them. I've seen people who didn't have a dime to their name. And God still used them. And if you and I will be faithful where he puts us, he will use us there for his glory. There's a message, amen, uh, uh, with the title that I preach sometimes. You got to bloom where you're planted. And Joseph perfected the skills of administration at home, at Potiphar's, and in the prison. And, and as he perfected the skills of administration in whatever setting God put him in, it prepared him for that for, for great promotion that was awaiting him. He had ran a house. He had ran a prison. And God was getting ready to teach him to run a nation. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And sometimes it's hard to be faithful while you're in a prison. And, 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 and for uh, some of us, our prisons aren't the same. But, amen, regardless to what prison you're in or you feel you're in, recognize that where you are, God knows where you are. Yes. Want to say that again? God knows where you are. Job said it like this. I can't, I, I, I'm looking for him. I can't feel him and I don't see him. But he knows the way that I go. And when I come forth, I'm coming forth like gold. Talking about the power of a faithful life. One of the greatest things that can be said about you or I, amen, is that we were faithful. God didn't say you had to be successful. God didn't say that, amen, you had, but he said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over men. Power of a faithful life. And what some of us don't realize is that uh, we're in train now for reigning later. Amen. Just keep being faithful. Think about uh, during the ministry of Jesus, there was a woman named Mary who bowed at the feet of Jesus. And she broke her alabaster box of ointment. 
it was worth a year's pay. And she poured it out uh, on the Lord Jesus and anointed him. And some people complained about what she was doing, but Jesus said, let her alone. She had done what she could. She's anointed me for my burial. In other words, Mary was faithful to the Lord and he recognized her faithfulness. He honored her because she honored him by being in her place and doing all that she could do. And I believe if the Lord were to look upon our lives today, I'm wondering what would he be able to say? Have we done what we can? Could he declare us to be faithful servants unto him? Joseph stands as a model for us of the power of a faithful life. Amen. Let's, let's, let's do likewise. Is that all right? I want to thank the Lord for those, amen, that gave their attention to this word today. Amen. Thank God for our young people that are in our midst on today. And I trust that your heart's a good ground for the word that has been sown. And I trust that, amen, if we uh, will, will, will take that in and let, let that word bear fruit, amen, we're going to see lives change, families change, neighborhoods change. When we see the power of faithful lives in God. I'm going to ask, amen, and we'll have our concluding prayer. Would you stand, amen, on your feet? And to those in our live stream audience, amen, if that word has ministered to you, if that word has uh, blessed you, let us know about it, amen. Uh, you can respond in the comments and let us know, uh, Pastor Nunn, uh, uh, that word touched me, that word was able to make an impact in my life. And uh, uh, share, amen, share testimony. Uh, 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 we desire the feedback. And uh, let's look away to God. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I, I believe you choose to listen very carefully. And I thank you that your word is going forth today to accomplish what you've set for it to do. And I thank you, oh God, that there are young women and young men uh, and, and even some of us that are seasoned. Uh, that have been strengthened and encouraged through your word. And Lord, when we think about it, Lord, you've been faithful when we have not been, uh, not been faithful. You still were faithful. Thank you, Lord, for not giving up on us. Thank you, Lord, for Loving us with a love that would not let us go. And thank you, Lord, for the encouragement to bloom where we've been planted. Lord, if you can use anybody, use me. And if there are those that are under the sound of my voice and maybe uh, you don't know the Lord uh, in regard to salvation or you... Uh, uh, once we're close and now you feel far. And we're going to ask God to close the gap. And I just ask that you would pray with me. Lord, your word says that if we would confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised you from the dead, that we would be saved. For with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. And with the heart, we believe unto righteousness. And that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. Oh God, there are those individuals that are not saved or backsliders. God, I ask that you would work a miracle of salvation in their hearts and in their lives. Restore to the backslider the joy of their salvation. To the one that seems or feels far from you. Oh God, give him to know that, amen, 
uh, he's not far from you. And that if we confess our sins, you're faithful and willing to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Save, Lord. Heal, Lord. Deliver, Lord. As only you can. And Father, we thank you for what you've done and for what you're doing. Oh God, we thank you for it now. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. I love you. God bless you. God keep you. Amen.